1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm Dr. Ron Eaker, OBGYN, and your host, where we try to give you practical information, things you can do beginning today that will help in your medical and wellness being, but also do it with a little bit of sense of humor. We try to not be so dry, and that's what hopefully distinguishes us from a lot of the other medical shows out there that are just so boring and so stuck up and snotty and we're not that way at all. So hopefully we're going to be able to give you some good information, but do it in a way that's fun for you. Today we're talking about PMS, premenstrual syndrome, and I subtitle this, I KILL YOU! Some of you, that'll make sense because it's, uh, you, you know the Uh, tagline of the puppet that I'm referring to, others think I'm just very strange at this point. PMS is a tough topic for me because I have to walk a tightrope between compassion, understanding, and the desire to keep a sense of humor. While those who experience PMS may, may rightly claim that there's little funny about feeling that you're being controlled by some evil hormonal puppeteer, there is still something therapeutic about being able to laugh in the face of temporary insanity. Let me say right at the outset that PMS is real. I think that's one of the greatest disservices that's been perpetuated on the female population from a health standpoint over the last few years is this paternalistic impression that oh darling it was just your hormones and nothing could be further from the truth that it's not just uh, attributing it to hormonal changes although there probably is a degree of hormone impact underlying no doubt because it's related to the hormone cycle but it's much more complex than that it's not imaginary it's not in your head it's not something that you just use as excuse it's a real medical issue in fact when you look at the medical literature, it's broken down into very different categories. We all kind of tend to lump it as PMS, but it can be premenstrual dysphoric disorder, premenstrual magnification disorder, there's a lot of fancy names that are attached to it, but the bottom line is it falls under this broad category of PMS. So it's very real, it's very bothersome, but in many instances is very controllable and the first step is really correctly identifying it and not confusing it with other problems. The gold standard in correctly diagnosing PMS is that the symptoms are recurrent, they're predictable, and they're bothersome. Now let's kind of break that down in each of the categories so it can be very important to understand. If someone comes into my office and says you know I'm moody uh, and maybe only have a good week out of the month or if I'm moody all the time and it has no impact on where I am in the cycle it's quite likely that they don't have PMS because PMS is uh, recurrent and predictable by that I mean it's affected by external circumstances in other words if you're stressed out at work or at school or at home, it can definitely intensify the PMS symptoms, but it can also create a lot of moods and emotions throughout the cycle, independent of the cycle, and in that instance the, really the underlying issue is more the stress and not any of the changes that occur with PMS. In fact, with true PMS, most women can tell you almost exactly when they're going to notice the changes both emotionally and physiologically uh, and that will tie in a little bit to when we talk about the symptoms so it, it has to be recurrent meaning that month after month after month you might have a good month every now and then but by and large most people who truly suffer from PMS or PMDD or PMD uh, dysphoric disorder uh, will see that the symptoms are recurrent month after month. And they're very predictable from the standpoint of most women can actually literally say, when I look at a calendar on this day I can anticipate I'm going to begin feeling the same type of symptoms that I normally do. So they're predictable. And they're bothersome. Now this is a critical distinction. Uh, about 85 to 90% of women will have some physiological and emotional, psychological changes that can occur that are cyclical, that are related to the cycle. However, of those 85 to 90%, a relatively small percentage will say that the symptoms are interfering with their normal lifestyle? Are they interfering with relationships, the job, uh, with your interpersonal relationships? Oftentimes that is not the case. So I think if the symptoms are relatively mild then in most instances the problem may exist but it's not to a degree that really warrants a lot of intervention. So to truly meet that definition you want to have them be recurrent, predictable, and bothersome. It's very important to remember that not all hormone issues are PMS. I take PMS very seriously, and so should you if it's affecting your life, your work, and your relationships. That being said, before we talk about solutions, let's have a little bit of fun. Not long ago, after a glass of merlot, I speculated as to the variety of labels that I could come up with for the moniker PMS. Now many of you may think I could spend my time doing much more productive things like drawing cats or separating socks but here's what I came up with and hopefully you'll take this in the right context and with a good sense of humor. PMS can stand for pass my shotgun, how about psychotic mood shift, perpetual munching spree, Here's one. Provide me sweets. Pardon my sobbing. This one I really like. Pimples may surface. Pass my sweatpants. Plainly, men suck. I like that one a lot. Pack my stuff. And this is a little drastic, but potential murder suspect. And then one I particularly like, punishing men slowly. Now I've got to admit that some of these are copied from an internet search, but I couldn't find any specific attribution, probably because whoever submitted them feared for their life. Although I'll bet you 90% of the people who submitted these were women. So as I promised, there are a few things that everyone can do to minimize these symptoms. And again, it's all about the symptoms, it's all about treating the problem, making sure that the problem is enough of a bothersome issue to be treated. And you can view the treatment of this into kind of three categories, and I use these as the backbone in the book that I wrote, Holy Hormones, which contains a lot of this information and obviously goes into much, much more detail on both the diagnosis diagnosis and treatment. So if you're really interested, you, know, you can pick up a copy from our office or email me and I'll send you one, but basically the way you approach this is can be divided into things you eat, things you do, and things you think. Let's start with the things you eat. Virtually every study that's been done that's looked at nutrition shows that that definitely impacts PMS symptoms, and that's not surprising because nutrition affects virtually everything that we do, so why not would it affect? PMS symptoms, so it's very, very uh, important that we address these. And most of these treatments, let me say, really should be done almost all together. Meaning, these things can be done in in uh, concert with each, with each other. Neither, none of them are, are are self-limiting or exclusive. So these types of lifestyle changes, especially should be incorporated whether you're doing medicines or anything else. I recommend that everyone pursue a low carbohydrate approach, Uh, preferably actually when it comes to nutrition, a lower fat, lower carb, higher protein balanced approach. When you look at studies secondary to PMS symptoms we see an improvement when the blood sugar levels are stable. Sometimes when those levels fluctuate wildly, which they can in this time frame, it causes a tremendous intensification of the symptoms. So maintaining a reasonably normal, good, steady blood sugar is very important in this time frame and by far the best way of doing that is with a generally low carb approach. And with the low fat that means especially low saturated fat and low trans fats trying to avoid processed foods cakes candy sugars pastas white breads anything that's going to be high glycemic in other words elevate your blood sugar rapidly try to keep that stable I do recommend uh, when it comes to vitamins a good multivitamin especially if it has B complex the B vitamins in particular are very important as precursors as the building blocks for some of the neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and we know that those play a role in PMS especially when it comes to the mood and emotional symptoms. So if you don't have these building blocks and you have a deficiency of any of these B vitamins the problems associated with PMS can be magnified Now that's especially true if you happen to be on birth control pills because we do know that some women on birth control pills can have some mild B deficiencies and thus the symptoms can be magnified so be sure you're taking either a B-complex supplement or a good multivitamin with B-complex. Also we recommend trying to decrease caffeine. I know that's sacrosanct to many people and that would be uh, equivalent to saying stop breathing for a lot of folks but trying to minimize caffeine can actually decrease symptoms. One of the biggest issues that we see in PMS is people self-medicating with alcohol. Basically they have a lot of anxiety, even some depression associated with the PMS symptoms, so they try to uh, mollify that by you know, having uh, three or four glasses of Chardonnay every night during this time frame. Well, studies indicate that that's actually one of the worst things you could do, because in reality, that tends to uh, magnify the symptoms in many situations. So it, at best, it's just a temporary fix, and I would even consider that. But at worst, it's actually making the symptoms more intense. So try to avoid... Uh, overuse of alcohol during that time frame. So what are some of the things you can do? By that, essentially the long and short of it is exercise. Every study that's ever been done on PMS that's involved exercise has shown a positive impact. There's a group of hormones called endorphins uh, that are produced when you exercise that actually enhance the neurotransmitters, again that dopamine and serotonin, can make a marked difference in your PMS symptoms. And it doesn't have to be training for a marathon. You could be going out and doing a brisk 30-minute walk three or four times a week, especially during that time frame, and quite honestly, you ought to be doing that anyway, but especially during the PMS time frames. And sometimes you have to force yourself, because fatigue is one of the symptoms associated with PMS. So sometimes you have to almost force yourself to, to do that, but ines- inevitably after every exercise bout, women will say that they do feel better both physically and emotionally during uh, PMS symptoms. There are some over-the-counter products that have been utilized. And there's really uh, sketchy data with regards to the effectiveness, so it's hard for me to to really give a five-star rating to some of these, but I'll mention them because you will probably read about those if you're doing research. One called St. John's Wort, that's W-O-R-T, which is probably the absolute worst name for a product that could ever have been. I mean, who in the world wants to take an herb named St. John's Wort? Well, Wort is actually Old English for plant, so it's just St. John's Plant, and that sounds a lot better than St. John's Wort. Uh, but what was fascinating about this is, it was if you break the flower in two, you get a red uh, nectar that comes out. So that's where the some crazy monk many years ago decided it reminded him of beheading of of Saint John. So that's where it gets its name. A little fun fact to tell your folks at your next dinner party. But anyway, it has shown to be some benefit in some people with PMS, especially who are having mood and emotional changes. The other one that's been associated with benefits with some symptoms is chasteberry extract, and it's an herb that's readily available over the counter. Now I'll mention uh, under the things you think is that there are some prescription medicines that have been very beneficial with PMS symptoms, including uh, progesterone, uh, actually, there's an over-the-counter progesterone cream that sometimes has been helpful. But probably the most utilized medicines for PMS symptoms are the family of medicines known as the SSRIs, serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors, and these are things like Prozac and Effexor. Obviously, these are reserved for those who have significant severe symptoms that are really interfering with their interpersonal relationships with their job and work. They are quite safe, quite effective, and many times just dosed around the time of the PMS symptoms, not necessarily all the time. As you can imagine, the use of any of these things has to be individualized and has to be put in the context of your own medical situation. But for those who are experiencing particularly bad emotional symptoms during this time frame, that's certainly an option to at least entertain. It may not be appropriate for you, it may not be something that you wanna do, but it's certainly something to consider. The bottom line is that if the symptoms are bothersome, talk to your doc, there are options. So that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening and as always, make healthy choices.
0: Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eker at reaker at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening and until next time, choose to be healthy.